It's episode three. No, it's not. It's episode eight of season three. And joining me in the lounge today is Ariane Hunter. Ariane is a good friend of mine and she is one of the baddest entrepreneurs that I have in my friendship circle. So I just figured it was apt to have her join me in the lounge to talk all things entrepreneurship and really talk about how to propel yourself past a global pandemic. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking to launch your own business, your own blog, your own content creation site or company, whatever it is, Ariane has some very, very tangible tips to help get you started. But you don't have to be an entrepreneur to listen to this episode. I think if you're somebody who is career focused, career minded, always on the go, and you're trying to find ways to protect your mental space during this pandemic, this is for you also. So stay tuned, kick back, relax, take off your shoes, do what you do, and let's get this conversation flowing. Thank you for doing this long-awaited we have so much to talk about since the last conversation you and I had on yours and mm-hmm. it's crazy how much has actually transpired between then and now and how oh. the world has just erupted yeah. into yeah. smithereens of issues <laughs> globe-wide. Um, yeah, how much has changed before? How have you been just in general? I know it's a uh, crazy broad question and I hate when that question's asked to me. So I, I totally understand. No, I appreciate that question. I just can't answer it without taking a long sigh before I do it. Like, and, and for all my clients, like literally to me before I got on this call with you, I had a client and I asked her, I'm like, how are you doing? Are you taking good care of yourself? And same thing, long, long sigh. And it's like, you suck. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's been a lot. It's been a lot. Um, it's been, you know, um, sort of a spectrum of emotions, you know, going from you know sadness to anger, to hopeful, to numb, to, I got to take a break. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've just been, and I, you know, I'll talk about this more in our, our interview, but, you know, mental health and just prioritizing that and um, seeing the value of unplugging and, and resting, you know, like oh, literally resting, whether it's a nap or going for a walk or all those things that sort of bring your, you know, bring your mind down a little bit from all the noise going on. So, yeah, just learning to kind of carve out spaces regularly for that. I can't wait to touch on that later. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's the, I think the place that I'm in right now is the, I need a break. I need some time to process. Um, because since it's all kind of kicked off, I've not really had the chance to just mm-hmm. turn shit off and just kind of yeah. take a yeah. moment and figure out how I want to get involved and, you know, switch yeah. off from social media and, yeah rest um and actually I think I saw something you posted a few weeks ago it was a repost um from the Mm -hmm. nap ministry Mm -hmm. 
Uh, thank you for sharing that, um, them. I've never heard of the NAP ministry before. Mm. And um, I think, quite honestly, the reason why I did click was because I've, since I work mm. remotely and I have been working remotely now for the last year, since I moved from New York to Oakland, mm. I have been, my, my schedule's kind of topsy-turvy, right? Because I still work New York hours. So yeah. that means yeah. when my team's working at nine o'clock and getting started, I don't know I, how you do it. That's, I'm starting at yeah. six. Yeah, which means That's I have to wake up at yeah. five. But luckily for me, mm. I'm a I'm a morning person, so it's not crazy getting up at five o'clock. Um right. I used to wake right. up at five when I was in New York, but it it, okay. it it means that um I do get tired, you know, in the early evenings. Um and so I've been trying to figure out like what does a nap look like? Should I be taking naps? When in the day do I take naps? Um, mm-hmm. So when you posted the nap ministry, that was my trigger to kind of learn a little bit more and um, yeah. understand yeah. The, 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 the meaning behind taking rest yeah. during your day. Yeah, I really love how they normalize naps. You know, I think there's, I've gotten so many odd looks when I talk about napping. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I get it. It's hard, you yeah. know, especially to do during a work day and our mind is so conditioned to, to just push through, you know, but I love that the nap ministry kind of normalizes this idea of rest, you know, especially as a form of, you know, resistance, you know, and, yeah. We should, yeah, we should, we should be napping. We should be paying more attention to our body. You know, maybe it's not napping. Maybe it's just, yes. you know, a walk or whatever. But yeah. yeah this Some idea form of rest. Of rest. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. between you and I in the world now, because we've hit record, mm-hmm. I, I did reach out to the Nat Bishop. I'm really hoping that she could be a guest on this because I think to your oh, point, yeah. it would be amazing to have this conversation about normalizing rest to your point so let's let's hope I know she's on like a little bit of a break right now so we'll see when she gets back fingers crossed so thank you conversation yeah Yeah. look all right so (laughs) let's get started let's get started so I want to say um um I think you guys listeners are going to be in for a treat not I think I know Ariane is um actually a friend of mine which is awesome to have a friend on the podcast it's really really awesome to have a friend on the podcast um before I introduce Ariane we were actually introduced by a mutual friend and the first time we met this is going to sound so bougie (laughs) the first time we met there's no other way to say it Sorry, guys, I'm not typically this way. We're not typically this way, but this is the truth. We met on a private boat, private yacht in Greece, ready to sail for like we were off for. I can't remember how long we were off for. It was like uh, 10 days or something. And we hired um, an incredible like catamaran for how many of us? There were like seven of us. And we had our own captain and we sailed across through to like a a ton of different Greek islands that were pretty much private for the most part and had the most amazing experience. And just just saying this for me, it's like the fact that we're in quarantine, the fact that we can't travel, the fact that we're in lockdown, vacation and just thinking back to that time when we met seems like such a, a... seems like generations ago that this happened yeah. you know yeah. that holidays now seem like a luxury 
<laughs> I miss those days. I miss them. Come back. So that's how we met and we kept in touch ever since then. But I'm really happy to have Ariane in the lounge today. And um, quick intro, because I want her to, I, I want to spend more time on the, on the meet. But, you know, Ariane is, Ariane Hunter is the founder of Project She Went For Her Dreams. She is also an executive coach um, and is also known as the career whisperer for career conscious women typically or really because she is such an expert when it comes to navigating career changes and you know what it looks like to redefine one's career because she she's done it for herself um but despite all of those incredible titles Ariane and your experiences the title title that I want to give you today is chief dreamer because you are you are the chief dreamer she makes she makes things happen she makes things happen I'm updating my LinkedIn profile right now. Please that. That do it. Do much. it. <laughs> All right, Ariane. So question I always ask my guests is the story, the story behind thy name. Can you share a bit about Ariane, the name Chief Dreamer? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, well, thank you, first of all, Tubi, for, for having me on. I love and adore you and our friendship, and I'm so glad to know you and the work that you're doing here at the Texture Lounge. So it's super, it's a super honor to, to thank be here. You. So thank you for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is, is, is pretty uncommon. Um, my dad named me. I was born in the early 80s, in the 80s baby, and... Um, Apparently, there was a popular perfume at the time um, with a, a, it was a blue label and white script lettering uh, with Arian on it. Mm. And my, my dad, you know, fell in love with, with the name. And he decided to, to name me after this perfume. Um, Did it smell 80s. good? Tell me it smelled good. Did he... I do love a good fragrance. Yes. To be honest, I yeah, that's always been my, be my jam. So um, yeah, so so I was named after a perfume, but um, but Arian is actually it's a Greek name, and it was derived from the Greek goddess um, Ariadne. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, yeah, the Greece thing. And then we and then we in Greece. I mean, hello. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, full circle. No. <laughs> but yeah, so so it's it's derived from Ariadne, and uh, Ariadne means uh, the blessed one or the holy one. So yeah. the what? The what one? The holy one. The holy the, one. Yeah, which is really interesting because I have a tattoo that I got um, in my early twenties. It's going to sound so cheesy, but it's it, it's 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 called blessed, or I got a. Uh, the word blessed tattooed okay. as a first tattoo in my early 20s nice. not knowing this was the, the history of my name so nice. yeah it's been kind of a, a theme <laughs> I love that <laughs> I, I love that and I feel like every time I ask this question um you know understanding where the root of the name came from or the story behind it what I tend to find what the running theme seems, seems to be is that it ends up being full circle like the meaning of your name ends up emanating into your life and your day to day and who you are and what you stand for in some way, shape or form. So yeah, I love that. Okay. So project, she went for her dreams, such an aspirational name in itself. How did that come about? 
Yeah. So I started uh, my coaching practice um, about eight years ago. And um, when I started my my company, Project She wasn't she <laughs> Project She went for her dreams was not the original <laughs> original name. Um, so uh, Project She Went for Her Dreams came to me um, actually after about a year or so as I was coaching clients. And I honestly, I became inspired by their story. You know, I became inspired by their willingness to just, you know, show up, right, and really take ownership um, of their career trajectory um, and to really do some confronting work around, you know, their leadership, their fears, insecurities you know, and really playing a bigger game in their life and in their career. So I was, I was really blown away by them and, and honored, really, that I got to do this work with them. Um, so I, I wish that I could tell you, like, one day the clouds parted and, you know, Project She Went For Her Dreams just sort of, like, came to me, right? But not not as dramatic as that. But I, I will say that um, it came to me on an ordinary day. I was sitting in my couch. It was in my queen's apartment in New York. And I was thinking about you know, the work that I was doing and my clients that I was working with. And I thought about it for myself. I said, you know, I really want to sort of look at or fast forward to, you know, the end of my life. And it's going to sound a little bit uh, morbid, but I, I fast, fast forward to the end of my life. And I asked myself, like, what is it that I want to be able to say about the life that I lived and the work that I did? Like, what is it? what do I want to stand for? What do I want to live for? Right. And, you know, almost immediately, you know, she went for her dreams came to, to my heart, you know, and I know that for me personally, I want to be able to say at the end of my life that I went for my dreams. I don't, I don't want to have any regrets. I don't want to, you know, not pursue something that I feel strongly about. I want to, I want to be able to say that. So um, so yeah, so it's, you know, it, it was a value and a belief that I wanted to build my company on and, you know, supporting and empowering other women to, uh, to do that, right. To, to really take a stand for their lives and really examine what it is that they want to be able to, to say and do, you know, by the time they reach the end of their lives. So that's, that's a really interesting perspective. Like you, you hit the fast forward button in life for that moment in time. And you were like, okay, let's start at the end and let me figure out what it is that, um, I want to achieve by the time I get to this end point. And that's how you got to project. She went for her dreams, super aspiring. All right. So let's rewind. Okay. Prior to today, prior to project, she went for her dreams. Can you share with my listeners today a little bit about um, your journey from corporate because you have a marketing background. Yes, you are self-employed now and you run your own business doing the the, the, the boss woman thing, um, which is amazing. But tell us a little bit about your transition from corporate to where you are today. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting. I, when I look back to... Um, you know, my, my past life before Project She Went For Her Dreams, um, I kind of saw my career trajectory as a series of boxes to be checked. Um, I come from um, parents who are, you know, hardworking, uh, Caribbean descent, um, 
you know, really believed in, you know, the power of education, right? Getting your education, getting a well-paying job and, and making it, you know, making it. And, um, you know, I, I'm a good rule follower. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, you know, here is this sort of path that was laid out that, you know, I wanted to pursue to, you know, to make my parents proud, but to also, you know, achieve the American dream, you know, to be successful. And I bought into that. And um, the, the prescription that's sort of laid out for one to do that is to, you know, get the education, get the job, get, you know, get the happily ever after, get married, you know, all the things. And yeah, so, so I pursued that path and, you know, went to business school in undergrad and grad school and um, ended up in a marketing and advertising company um, as my first, you know, first job, first career out of grad school. And um, yeah, so, so essentially my role was, you know, marketing can be very sexy, um, but I was not in that sexy role. I was actually on the data side. Um, which meant that I produced uh, a lot of reports and statistics for um, companies who were launching digital marketing campaigns. Digital marketing was very big at the time. It was at its, at its infancy and um, growing in, in popularity. So, um, so clients would hire you know, our agency to help them sort of track their performance and campaign. So that meant that I spent a lot of time in front of a spreadsheet, you know, in front of, you know, the computer screen, just looking at numbers and making recommendations and suggestions based on email open rates and traffic to websites and yep. things like that. And <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so that became sort of my, my, my role day in and day out. And um, I, I just, I wasn't happy. I hit a wall. I said, this is, this is, this is not making me happy. This does not feel like success to me. I did believe at the time that you can do work and you can enjoy that work, you know? Um, so I pushed back sort of on this idea of like the corporate life and the nine to five as sort of the end all be all. Um, and, and honestly to me, like looking back at it, um, you know, I, I, I honestly found myself, um, sort of making up the answers along the way, you know, like I was in my early early 20s, early to mid 20s at the time, and I didn't really have a lot of um, support and guidance, you know, from other, you know, corporate women and, you know, business women who could say like, hey, do this, don't do that, and kind of grow me, you know, in my career. So who knows if I had access to that, maybe I would have made some different choices about my career, I don't know. Um, but I do know that that piece was sort of um, missing for me at the time. So you know, I, I don't regret it at all because it did force me to kind of um, re-examine the lens, you know, in terms of, you know, corporate work and, and stepping into something new, you know. And, you know, because I was in that space of sort of um, rediscovery and re-examining things, um, I was open to, you know, creating my, my own path, you know. And so um, as, as the universe would have it, um, I was actually laid off you know, from my marketing career, my marketing job at the time. And, you know, at the time I was actually freelancing as a photographer. That's a whole other story. But I did pick up the camera and photography um, and found great joy and, and, and passion for, for photography. So 
when I was laid off, I actually had built up a pretty hefty portfolio um, just doing work on the side and, and freelancing on nights and weekends. So when I was laid off, I, I said to myself, I could either line up another day job. I was marketable. I had the resume, you know, um, or I could give this self-employment thing a try and, and see if I can carve my, my own path, you know. And, you know, I remember saying to myself at the time, you know, if this doesn't work out, I could always come back. You know, I can always get, you know, get back into the workforce and, and, you know, do this again. So, so yeah, so that really set me off on a, a different pathway away from corporate. And I, I haven't looked back since, you know, and I, in a lot of ways, you know, my business, uh, you know, education kind of, I was, I was going to say it kind of prepared me to be self-employed, but, um, mm. But nothing really, you know, prepares you for, for being an entrepreneur than actually doing it, you know. So when I look back to that moment of saying, you know, taking that leap, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I did fall on my butt uh, quite a bit, yeah, but it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, but I haven't looked back since. And so you touched on earlier um, something that I think is going to be or that is meaningful for um a lot of us women of color or people of color, especially those of us who have um, who have an African background or heritage or a Caribbean heritage. Um, yes, the F-bombs are fine, Ariane. I'm not going to cut it out of the uh, episode. You're good. You have to be authentically you. This is what this is all about. Um, and I, guys, just side note, Ariane did just send me a quick text saying, are the F-bombs okay? So that's what I mean. The F-bombs are fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those, there are those of us who have or come from, you know, have an Af African heritage or Caribbean heritage. And um, a lot of our lives, um, especially the, the growing up years, are centered around making sure that our parents are happy with the decisions that we make, the people that we hang out with, the people that we court, uh, the careers that we follow, the schools that we go to, the grades that we get, everything, right? So I want to understand for you concretely, when, what helped you get over or jump over the hurdle of moving from corporate, knowing that that's a space that I'm sure your family approved of, you were using your marketing uh, degree and you were working in a, in the world of corporate America to cliff jumping into self-employment. Hmm. That is a complicated answer. Um, I, I still remember you know, conversations with my folks, um, namely my mom, you know, um, when, you know, I would share with her, this was when I was, I was still working in, in corporate, but was sharing with her like, Hey, you know, I might, I might want to start my own company and do that full time. And, um, yeah, I remember that being a very difficult thing for her to hear, you know, because, she was scared, you know, she was scared for me. And, you know, it, it, it was something that she hadn't planned on, you know, for her daughter to do. And, you know, for all, for so many reasons, she was scared for me and, and, you know, my sort of jumping off and doing something different from her expectations. Um, yeah. Created this, this, this fear. She just wanted to protect and see me. Okay. You know, which I can, I can see that, now, you know, and at the time, 
it was, why don't you just support my dreams? Yeah. And it's not that she wasn't. She just wanted me to be, you know, um, realistic. And that, that's, that's a word she, she would use and that I would hear often at Mm -hmm. the time, you know? So, um, you know, it's, it's funny because our, our parents oftentimes have, uh, the same fears as we do, like we come from them. Right. So sometimes we inherit the same fears that they themselves have and struggle with, you know? So, um, you know, I would, I would sort of take on her fears, you know, like, what if she's right? What if, you know, this doesn't work out? And what if, you know, yeah, for all the reasons. And, um, that, that sort of kept it, you know, it kept it, um, you know, very difficult for me to, to take the leap on my own. And I don't know that I would have taken the leap had I not been laid off, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have had the courage to say, I'm stepping off, you know, to my employer, I resign, I'm doing it on my own, you know, I kind of needed that nudge from the universe and getting laid off to, to actually do it. So yeah, I wish I could say that, you know, I was so courageous and took the leap, you know, I did, I'm not diminishing that at all. But I did mm-hmm. need that nudge to kind of, you know, push me to, to explore it. Um, so I'm grateful for that. Um, but yeah, and you know, and another way I would, I would sort of respond to that too, is that I'm a, I'm the type of person that when I feel something so strongly and so deeply, I can't not do it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like it's, you know, it's, it, it will stay with me. It'll nag at me. It'll keep me up at night. Yeah. It's like to that, <laughs> yep. you know? And the only way for me to, to quell it, to squash that, you know, that yearning is for me to just dive in and to, to do it and figure it out along the way. So that has helped me in a lot of ways. And that has hurt me, you know, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, so I, I learned over the years to, to use that, you know, to, to serve me and to, to do good with that. Um, but I think at the time, it was that, you know, that unquenchable thirst to to want to explore and to just be out there in the world and create something of my own. So, That's, yeah. it's a lesson in itself. There's a, there's a whole conversation um, to yeah. be had and we can, that's a whole other podcast about um, like leveraging our intuition. You know, um, I read yeah. somewhere um, more recently, I think it was the wild woman's way. It's a book that I was reading that, you know, you know, that I was reading um, a few months ago and there was something about um, how our body is the most accurate compass, the most reliable compass that we will ever have. Like it tells you when to be afraid. It tells you when you're excited about Mm -hmm. something. It tells you when you should really be going for an opportunity. It tells you when you should be staring clear of an, of something, right. Uh, Or, or of a situation. Um, But I have to say that you were incredibly, you know, courageous to, yes, first of all, acknowledge within your own body, your own self that, yes, corporate has ejected me out of this situation. But you know what? I have identified this as an opportunity for me to um, honor my instinct and to pursue this world of, um, you know, Mm. entrepreneurship that has been nagging at you for a while, hence you going for your dreams. So I think there's just something to be said for those of us who do feel that burning desire, Mm -hmm. that that's your body telling you to act on something. So don't ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I I will say this, you know, I think that it's, it's worth noting that, you know, we're, 
you know, it, we also have to look at, you know, our individual, you know, situations and circumstances and things like that. And, you know, I was in the fortunate position at the time. I was, you know, I was young. I didn't have any kids. I wasn't married. I lived in New York City, you know, so all these factors also plays a part in how much risk, you yeah. know, we're, we're, we're able to take. And, you know, but that said, you know, um, uh, you know, I do, to your point, think that we, we do need to listen to that calling, listen to our in, intuition, because our intuition doesn't care what situation you're mm. in. Like, if you're called to do something and pursue your higher purpose and, and pursue something that feels meaningful to you, um, it, 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 it's, it's our responsibility to at least listen to that, you know, and, and create a way to, to make that possible for us. And and if it if it wasn't something that we were meant to pursue, I don't think that we would feel, you know, called to it as strongly, if that makes sense. You know, I, I think that we're, yeah, I think that we are, you know, we are connected to, you know, the things that we're supposed to do in the world. And um, that's a very individualistic thing. Yeah. And just to layer on to that, um, I think exactly like you've just said, like we are connected to the thing that we're supposed to do in this world, even if the people around you, family, parents, friends, your network don't understand what it is that you're trying to do. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's really challenging when you grow up in a family that is, you know, beautifully connected and close and close, you know, close knit and all they want is the mm -hmm. best for you. Right. You, we understand that, but, um, I know that there, you know, that there does come a time well, there can come a time when you feel really strongly about pursuing something that perhaps your family doesn't quite understand or your family hasn't got any yeah. immediate tangible examples of other people in the their family network yeah. or friend network that have done the thing that you're mm -hmm. going to do. Um, so there's an education that needs to happen there to bridge that gap. Um, mm -hmm. But but I do believe, I, I totally hear you and... I think that that's a whole other discussion in itself. <laughs> the Mentors Circle. So you founded this super cool initiative. I call it cool, but really it's inspiring. It's what we need as professional women of color, um, mentors um, in our professional space to help elevate, um, you know, the issues, the challenges, successes, um, navigation of uh, career paths. Um, to to success and success means a ton of different things to different people. So, what is the goal for the mentors circle? And congratulations, by the way, for launching. I, I'm super excited to see where this goes for you and for us as a professional um, women of color network. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the mentor circle um, is uh, the newest sort of um, uh, brainchild of the project she went for her dreams where we're offering uh, supported mentorship to women of color um, and particularly black women who are pursuing their entrepreneurial dreams um, and just their career dreams in general but we have a focus around you know supporting them with their with their business um, I realized that this was I kind of you know alluded to it earlier that um, you know, oftentimes we are kind of flying blind, you know, in our careers and in our in our work, and we don't always have 
access to to other leaders who look like us, you know, to disseminate advice, guidance, and wisdom, and and really creating um, a sisterhood, right, where we mm-hmm. feel like we're not alone, but we're in community, you know, with other examples of inspiring leaders that we aspire to be, mm-hmm. you know, and. Um, you know, it was inspired by own, my own, you know, personal journey of, you know, when I started my business, um, it's not that I didn't have mentors. I did. I had sort of like unofficial mentors that, you know, women that I, I worked with or, or um, sort of looked to for advice. Um, but I remember the distinct moment, um, it was uh, about three years ago at this point, where I came to a point where I I wanted to work with a woman of color. I wanted to work with a black woman. I had a specific vision about the type of business leader that I wanted to be and the company that I wanted to grow. But I didn't have a lot of examples of that out Mm. there. You know, Um, being a coach and being in the professional development world, um, I was exposed to a lot of, um, you know, women's empowerment groups that, did not speak to my specific experience. I hear like that. Black woman business, being honest, you know, like I, you know, there there were a lot of voices, you know, in that space of entrepreneurship, but you know, again, black voices was was missing from that from that narrative. So, um, so, so yeah, it became really important to me to to work with a woman of color and um, create a relationship with with her. Um, a structured relationship where I could, you know, see the path that she took, you know, and, mm. and glean, you know, examples and, and advice from, from her. And I was so, <laughs> I was so fortunate to find the the mentor that I did at the time. And it was, you know, this woman that I saw speak at an event that I went to. And I, you know, a lot of times I'd ask, you know, how do you find the mentor, you know, and sometimes, you, you know, sometimes you, you just, you, you create it, you know, you create the, the, the situation. And what I mean by that is, you know, um, when I found my mentor, I, you know, like I said, saw this woman speak and um, I just went up to her after the, you know, after the conference and I just, you know, I introduced myself and I told her about my company. I told her about who I was and I invited her out for lunch. I wanted to get to know her and understand her work a little bit. And I developed a relationship and I just asked her directly. I said, I don't know if you do this, but I would love to be mentored by you, you know, mm-hmm. and I was fortunate. She was very receptive to the, to the offer, to the request. Um, and, you know, she really, really took me under her wing. And I'll never forget, we were sitting, you know, um, at lunch at La Pan Quintillion in, in Manhattan. And she said to me, she's like, if we do this, <laughs> I want you to know that I'm going to ask you to do things that get you out of your comfort zone. Mm. I'm going to ask you to do things that are really hard. You know, I'm going to ask you, this is not going to be an easy, an easy road. Um, but if you want to, you know, to, to create the success that you see that I built in my company and that you want for yourself, these are the things that I've done. So I'm going to hold you to a really high bar are you ready for that? So in a, in a sense, I, oh, I think that she was actually trying to, um, just give me a disclaimer, but also dissuade me to say like, listen, this is hard work, you know, and this is my time. Right. So do not commit and sign up to this if you're not willing to put a thousand percent in. So that made me want it even more. (laughs) I was just like, yes, (laughs) sign me up. I want to do this with you, you know? And it was one of the best decisions that I could make for my career, for my business, for my network, for my personal life. I, you know, like that's a separate podcast. I could go on and on about my relationship with her. Um, she's a woman that I'm, you know, I continue to be mentored by and friends with to this day. Mm. 
Um, she calls me her sister. You know, like these are the type of relationships that I want to cultivate in the, in the mentor circle, you know? So, so this is really making, you know, mentorship accessible in a structured way, you know, such that women of color can access other women of color and be supported, you know, in their dreams and their passions, their desires, and know that they're not doing this alone. That's, that's so important and so meaningful to me. I'm so excited. Just the way you explain your, you know, your, your personal example and of what mentorship mentorship has looked like. Um, I mean, in, in all honesty, I've never actually had a mentor and I know that there are some people out there that might be like, Oh, that's crazy. It's really not. There's a lot of us out there in the professional world who, to your point, have been flying blindly. And, you know, we've had, we've stumbled, we've fallen, we've climbed up ladders, we've fallen again it's without the guidance and without being challenged, um, um, being challenged by somebody who maybe has gone through those, um, situations and scenarios, it's really hard. So it's something that I've been thinking about more, more often, um, for my own personal self, even though I haven't had an official mentor, I have been a mentor to others in my career. Um, and I'm super thrilled to be, have been asked by you to be a mentor um, wow. as part of the mentors, um, the wow. mentor circle. So I'm excited to do more of that. Um, but, you know, I kind of want to dig a little bit deeper into what you were just talking about in terms of the mentor relationship or the mentorship that you've had. What should good mentorship look like? Mm, great, great, great question. Um, so, so ideally we look for in our mentors demonstrated leadership. We want women who have walked the talk. We want women who have a level of emotional intelligence and awareness. You know, we want women who are, you know, um, are, are, are in service of the generation that's, that's coming up behind her, you know? So, so these are the things that, that I looked for mm -hmm. in my mentor. You know, I, I first of all had to get clear on what is what is it that I want? Yes. You know, where do I see myself going? What does my leadership look like? You know, what are the gaps? What are the the areas that I want to develop? I'm not going to call them weaknesses, but you know, areas that I want to develop, you know, within myself. And what examples do I see out there? You know, are are showcasing the things that I want to bring out in in myself. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it clear too. You know, mentorship is not about creating a cookie cutter version of of the mentor. You know, it's 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 not about you know just like replicating you know a, a me too basically. Right. You know, um, but it really is about you know coming into your own. You know, having someone who can bring out the very best in you and challenge you and call you out on your bullshit, you know, when you you try to hide behind it. These are the type of, of, of mentoring relationships that we're cultivating in, in the circle. And I think it's so important to further the relationship. Um, you know, it really is so much more than, you know, just your, your career trajectory, but really being a whole person, you know, mm -hmm. really understanding what your values are, you know, and being in conversation with, with other women that that align with those values and who can guide you on how you can best step more more um, more deeply, you know, into those values and into those leadership into that leadership. Um, but I, I'll say for me, I first had to do the work of getting clear of you know what is it that I want, right? Because 
you're going to also have to feed that information to the mentor, you know, Um, they have to also understand, you know, what are your goals? You know, what are your objectives? What are you looking to work on? How can I support you? You know, so if you don't have those answers quite yet, um, having that conversation with a mentor, you know, may, it may not be the right time to do that. You have to do the work yourself, right. You know, to get to that, that space of clarity. Um, and then that helps you to form the decision about the type of mentor that you want to partner with. I can't emphasize that enough. Do the work. Mentorship isn't a walk in the park. It is not an extracurricular activity. It is not something you just do on the side. It's a lot of work. You know, um, quick example, I had a young lady reach out to me years ago. She wanted me to mentor her in the world of, you know, she worked in the world of beauty. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I still do. And uh, we set up our first meeting and uh, we met, right? And she, it was, it was very much a, she sat back and was just waiting for me to just, I don't know, drop knowledge from the sky. I don't know. Like she was expecting me to come to the conversation and lead it. And that's not how it works. Okay. Just like Ariane mentioned, you have to be, you have to come prepared to share what it is that you want and what you think you can, how you think you can benefit from having this one-on-one relationship with a, with a mentor and what you look, what you hope for this mentorship to look like as it progresses. You've got to agree on how long you think the mentor program is going to go for. Is it going to be for the next quarter? Is it for, for half a year? Is it a year? Like it's, it's a real roadmap and it's something that the two of you have to, as a mentor mentee relationship, you have to agree on the nuts and bolts um so yeah I'm so glad Ariane that you you came with that answer got to do the work Absolutely. yeah at, you know and at the mentor circle it's we really see it as you know mentoring is and it's, it's an investment in yourself but it's also about the mentor investing in you yeah you know so yeah. so it's really is a two-way street and the more you can come with that clarity and that seriousness and that commitment which is why my mentor grilled me so much um, she wanted to make sure and you know, I, I, I really, you know, applaud her for that. And it, and we really do need to push back on the mentees that, you know, are not yet ready to do the work because perhaps this is a, this is not the right time and the relationship, you know, won't be as, as, you know, fruitful as it, as a potential to be. So doing your own inner work, having those answers clear for you in order to invest that relationship in your mentor. So what, what is the difference between mentorship and sponsorship? We keep hearing those words being used interchangeably, especially in the corporate world. Um, when you're having discussions with perhaps HR around career progression and who's advocating for you in the rooms that you're not in, et cetera, what really is the difference between the two? Yeah, so that's a great question. And the way I see it is that sponsorship comes in, uh, is a really, really valuable tool when you're working with a sponsor that is um, within the same organization. Mm. That sponsor is going to be the one that you want behind you to talk about you and talk up, talk you up to, you know, managers and, and, you know, the higher ups when you're not even in the room, Mm -hmm. you know? So I see sponsor, the sponsor as a way, as the person who paves the way internally within that company to open those doors for you. Mentorship works a little bit differently because while the mentor can be also a person that's within your organization, it doesn't necessarily have to be, 
right? Okay. So so this person has a little bit more flexibility and wiggle room in terms of how they, they work with you. Um, if you want more specific sort of um, goals that you're after within your company, sponsorship is probably um, uh, the, the better route to go. And how does one get a sponsor? So we know about mentorship and how you, you know, approaching mentors, people that inspire you, et cetera. How do you ask, do you ask for a sponsor? Do you knock on someone's door and say, hey, I need you to (laughs) talk about me in those rooms that I'm not in. How does it work? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's, it's a conversation that should best happen, you know, first with your HR manager. You know, sometimes there are initiatives within the company that sponsors are actually identified within the company. You know, not everyone, I would say, just like not everyone is fit to be a mentor, not everyone is fit to be a sponsor. Yeah. You know, Um, so I think it's a, it's a conversation that should first happen, you know, with in your HR department and see what opportunities there might be or how they might direct you to, you know, someone who is open to being a sponsor for you. Um, that's one step that you can take. Um, and it could also be, you could also start, you know, within, you know, your department or within, you know, your colleagues around you and sort of having that conversation, taking them, you know, out to lunch and, you know, you don't have to make that direct ask right away but you can share sort of your thinking around working with a sponsor and and how they might feel about you know that role you know and so you're sort of you know interviewing them yeah (laughs) you know in a sense and asking those questions um, without necessarily making the direct ask I think you also need to do your homework first before uh, you start sort of um, looking for for sponsorships in that sense absolutely great question though okay so okay because I know the mentor circle is a big, um, it means a lot to you. It's a, it's a, a big project that you're working on right now. I know that you're uh, raising some funding uh, around it as well, which we can talk about if you want to. Um, but what I what I want to really hone in on for anyone that is listening, that is seriously considering mentorship, please, please, please look up Ariane Hunter's The Mentor Circle on, on the project she went for her dreams website i'll tag all the links so you don't have to do any google work um but can you explain to any potential mentees out there the concrete differences between what your career could look like with versus without mentorship so they can really understand why they need to to look into mentorship for themselves yeah yeah that's a great question so Inevitably, you are going to come to what I like to call a career crossroads, you know, where what you've done so far, you know, has gotten you gotten you to where you are today, but it's not the thing that's going to get you to where you want to be, mm. right? And you really start to re-examine some things and reevaluate some things, right? So this is where I see mentorship is sort of that pivotal moment, you know, for you to work with someone who can point out things about the next chapter of your career that you hadn't considered yet. Um, I think a lot of the times when it comes to our career and how we think about ourselves within the context of our career, um, it can be incredibly difficult to, to see outside of yourself, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, right? So you're so, you're so close to it. You know, you're so close to, you know, the, the things that you've been doing, you know, uh, that got you to where you are today. Um, 
but in order to get to that next level, you're going to apply that same thinking, <laughs> right? right? So, so it's really about having sort of that different perspective, you know, that different, um, you know, uh, that different sort of level, right? That higher level for in which you're trying to, to get towards, mm -hmm. you know, and what better way to reach that higher level than to partner with someone who, who has gotten there, right? So, you know, I think that we can, we can go throughout our careers, you know, not working with a mentor or a sponsor or what have you. We can, we can do that. It's, it's very much an option, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what I find is that you, you're going to spend a lot of unnecessary time, energy, and sometimes money, yeah. you know, um, making mistakes that you don't necessarily have to have to make you know, exactly. um, so getting to your objectives and your goals a lot quicker is one advantage, one benefit of working with a mentor, um, and really getting out of your head, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I tend to be a person who, you know, overthinks things and analyzes and I can, you know, be in my head a lot for a certain idea and I can just, you know, run myself in a, in a loop, right? Um, but if I go directly to the source, right, you know, someone who has been there and has done what I'm trying to do, I'm getting the answers that much quicker, mm -hmm. you know, um, I still have to do the work on my own, right, but at least I'm having that, that clarity and that insight, you know, as opposed to me rationalizing and analyzing it to death, you know, mm -hmm. so there, there's, you know, I see it as sort of, you know, two different ways you can, you know, sort of go about your career you can go you know doing as you've always done or you can you know partner with someone who can get you there faster right I've always I've always chosen to to have that level level of support to up my own game because leave it to my own devices I can self-sabotage you know I can I can procrastinate right yeah. I can hit a brick wall you know um and not realizing that you know there's a different another way to do things you know so it's 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 a type of person that you want to be it's a type of brand of leadership that you want to aspire to um and you know the type of journey that you want to have and whether you want to do it alone or do it with you know a partner that's going to get you there faster do you see a benefit between having a mentor who is in a different industry than the mentee? It depends on what your goals are. Okay. Okay. It depends on what your goals are. Yeah. I, I won't say it's, it's out of the, the question. Um, but you know, assuming that mentor from a different industry has a specific, um, trait or quality that right. you want to have if this person, let's say, I don't know, is in sports, yeah. <laughs> but they are a great speaker right? You know, one of the best. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Work with that person. They don't have to teach you about sports, but they can teach you how to be a great order. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So it depends on what your goals are. And absolutely. I think that, you know, choosing someone outside of the industry also keeps things fresh sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you also get that different level of, of perspective um, than you might have with, with someone that's in your industry. Got it. Okay, so let's take it back to um, entrepreneurialism. What has being an entrepreneur during a global pandemic looked like for you? How has it affected your business, if it has? Yeah. 
that is a good question. Uh, so <laughs> the pandemic has touched on, has impacted every aspect of our, of our lives. Um, honestly, for me, within the business context, um, it has really, really helped me. It has really, really helped business. Oh, and I'll, I'll tell you what, what I mean by that. Yeah. Um, I don't think that the mentor circle would have taken this new sort of opportunity to, to work with mentees through this, this, uh, this crowdfunding scholarship campaign that we're doing had it not been for the pandemic. Right. Um, Pre-pandemic, my coaching, you know, my coach, my coaching served um, clients who were entrepreneurial, um, who were business leaders, right? And the pandemic has opened up so much on a societal level about what's wrong in our systems and what is lacking that it has actually helped me to hone more deeply in on the impact and the work that I want to do and want to have in this space. So in a lot of ways, it helps, it helped me to get really super clear to pivot my business, you know, to focus my energy more in growing the mentor circle. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's also brought in a lot of mentees who are interested in, in the work that we do and, you know, people who want to support what we're doing. Right. And I have never, honestly have felt more strong, more clear <laughs> about this work and the impact that I want to have. So that came as a result of slowing down. Mm -hmm. That came as a result of reevaluating some things, you know, and making different choices about how I wanted to run my business and who I wanted to do business with. Right. Right. So in that sense, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that the pandemic has sort of open that up, you know, for me to think about things differently. And I, and honestly, I think it, it's, it's had that same impact on, you know, a lot of business owners or a lot of, you know, uh, employees, no matter what your career trajectory has been, it has okay. forced us to look at things a little bit differently. And, you know, the outreach for support, for mentorship, for coaching um, has been, has been really, really strong. So I'm glad that people are, are starting to think about you know, how they want to reevaluate their careers based on this pandemic, because there's, there's no normal after <sighs> this. We're not going back to the old way of doing things. We just can't. Yeah. You're know? so right. So it, yes. we do have to invite in a new and innovative way of thinking. Yeah. And what have you learned about yourself personally during this time? Any sort of new realizations for yourself or aha moments, <laughs> especially as we talk about slowing down, right? Like I think that as part of this, um, and when I talk about, by the way, guys, just taking a step back, when I talk about a global pandemic, I'm talking about two global pandemics right now. I'm talking, yes, COVID-19 and yes, the um, social injustice system and the police brutalities that we have been experienced at a that we have been experiencing at a heightened level in the past three weeks or so two pretty major things that are impacting us globally, not just here in the US, but, you know, globally. So, yeah, have you 
learned anything about yourself during this time, whether it's personally or on the professional side of things? So many things. Um, before we, you know, earlier we were talking about rest, right? And this this idea yeah. of slowing down. And, um, you know, I think we could all agree that, you know, being in this pandemic on all fronts has forced us to, to slow down, you know, whether we like it or not, whether mm-hmm. we prepare for it or not. And it, it caused me to think about my life pre pandemic, you know, my life now. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a New Yorker, we're always on the go. We're always doing, 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 and we can get, we can get caught up. Right. And this is just the way things are. Yeah. Right? And this slowing down has really allowed me to see just how hard I was running myself, mm. you know, and not even really realizing it while I was running myself, but it, it was just kind of became my, my day to day. You know, I was so immersed in, in the work and the intensity of it all that it just became my normal, mm-hmm. you know, and through slowing down and, and, and working from home. And I've, I've always worked remotely, um, you know, but this is the first time I've ever worked remotely, you know, for all of us that, you know, that is involuntary, you know, like we've been close, you know, called to, to slow down involuntary. Um, but I don't want to go back to the way things were. I don't want to go back to that intensity. Mm. Um, I was actually just in Manhattan um, a couple of days ago for the first time in four months. Oh my God. Um, I have not left, I have not left my Brooklyn It's just across the bridge. It's insane. I was going over the bridge yeah. in a car and just like looking out the window at a, such a surreal scene that I, I, you know, just, it's yeah it was it's very very eye-opening and being back in the city and the energy of it and and granted it's a very different energy things there's not very many people out and you know but uh, I didn't like it I, I didn't <laughs> like I'll be honest with you like I didn't like how that that felt I didn't you know it was like that old memory triggered of like pounding the pavement coming out of the subways going from mm-hmm. appointment to appointment going to meetings and that you know like that I do not miss Mm -hmm. at all. So the slowing down has really showed me where my values are and where I, where I want to be and who I'm looking to become, you know, after this, this pandemic. Um, And it's also shaken up something within me in terms of, you know, the, the fight that I want to get behind in terms of, of racial equality. That has always been, something that I care deeply about. Um, and now it feels like I am centering this work, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way like never before, you know, and I feel so deeply committed to doing this, this, this work. Um, and we all, we all can do that. We all can, you know, serve that purpose and, and do the work in ways that we know how to, but I think I think the important thing now is that we do act and we do mobilize, you know, and we do use this time to figure out how do I want to get involved? How do I want to move the, the, the needle forward, you know, and really dismantle racism and not talk about it, but what are the actions that I want to commit to? 
So those are the questions mm -hmm. that I've been sitting with and I've been taking action on. And honestly, I probably would have been, you know, on my merry way had we not been paused in the way that we have. So, I mean, I, I would love to get your sort of insights for um, the, um, the entrepreneurs out there that are maybe they're looking to start something during this time, their own businesses, their own blogs, their own whatever it is, right? Whatever um, their hearts desire. How, what actionable tips would you give to any budding entrepreneurs out there that are wanting to cliff jump? but are kind of holding themselves back during, um, you know, this global pandemic, how can they propel themselves forward past this pandemic? Yeah. Everything that has ever happened for me or has come true for me has first started with writing it down. We have to have to have to start writing down our dreams, our plans and our actions. It's the only way that we're going to get clear on what it is that we want to do. Right. And sometimes the act of just writing something down, you know, it, 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 it sort of stirs up, you know, something within our creative minds mm -hmm. about what we value and what we want to, to create. Right. And the more, um, you know, the bigger the, the, the dream is the better, you know, allow yourself to dream, allow yourself to, to think big, you know, beyond what you ever thought imaginable. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to, we're going to condense it down. Right. We're not, we're, you know, dreaming is something that's just kind of like pie in the sky. You want to get that vision down. Yep. Right. But take it, you know, and this, I swear by this, this method and it's super simple to me. You're going to be like, what? That's it. But <laughs> when you write down your vision, take five actions that you can do from that bigger vision that you can do that week hmm. and just keep doing it rinse and repeat. <laughs> right. And, and then, you know, you'll start to build a momentum. It's like, Oh, I want to start a blog. I don't know where to start. Okay. So you list five different actions that you can do that week in order to start that blog. Hmm. You create a domain Maybe you reach out to so-and-so blog and ask her how she got started. Maybe you, you know, think of a logo, think of a name, you know, start to write down 10 different um, ideas for names that your blog might have. Right. So these feel, these might sound like really small things and don't like, you know, they're, they're, they're not meant to be overnight things. Yeah. You know, it, they're really just meant to be small actions that you can take because those small actions, they build up. You know, and I think that oftentimes we hear, we hear this advice, like write it down, take one action step and we kind of brush it off as like, it can't be that simple, but I promise you <laughs> it really, it really is. You know, I think we make it hard and we overcomplicate things because we, we yeah. try to have all the, the answers lined up <laughs> yeah. before we take that leap, before we do a thing. Um, and it's understandable, right? So that's just something that we have to learn to start challenging about ourselves, you know, and just, you know, learn to, 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 to really relish the small actions and take, you know, that take a, like a reward or celebrate those small actions mm -hmm. because they, they do line up. I love that answer. I don't think, no, I, I do not think, you know, that's it. Like, I do think that this is such a grounded, super simple way to propel yourself forward, right? Not giant steps. We're talking about small steps that amount to something big in the end. So I love the idea of dreaming big. Like we always tend to self-edit ourselves. Like we self-edit yes. our dreams, like mm -hmm. let's aim for the sky. Let's 
you know, smash through those concrete ceilings, not even the glass ceilings, the concrete ceilings. And then to your point, okay, we can start to narrow in a bit. Um, she said, write it down. Like she's, Ariana's not called the career whisperer for no reason. She said, write it down. If you guys have read the secret or if you haven't, I, you know, recommend reading it. It's all about putting the energy out there in the universe and, you know, you get what you put out there. So put it down on paper. I love that. Okay. So Ariane, I want to know a little bit about how you keep sane, the mental health space. How are you doing in that world? What are the concrete things, rituals, books, authors? What is your go-to? What are your go-tos to maintain or protect your mental space right now? Yeah. So morning routines, morning routine. I highly recommend them. They are thebomb.com. I will be so lost without morning routines. Mm -hmm. um, they really help ground me. They really help ground me before I start out my day. Okay. So what that looks like is the first, you know, half an hour of the morning, you know, I'm in a really quiet place and I'm reading a book for about an hour, right? You know, after that, I'm doing meditation, mm. you know, and I'm doing that, you know, I'm setting, you know, an alarm to do that for, for 10 minutes or so. Um, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, I'll go running depending on, you know, how the day is looking. Okay. Um, I will go running and just try to clear my mind and, and just make sure that I feel really strong for the day mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so, so once I'm doing those activities, it really makes it easier for me to feel strong and feel ready for the day. I love it. I love it. I'm a big fan of morning routines as well. I, you and I, we've, we've talked about this um, amongst ourselves and some friends, um, mutual friends that we also have. Yeah. Like, and I think for me, my thing is a very, I'm very sensual. So for me, it's about triggering my senses right from when I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I like to light yeah. some Palo Santo and make the apartment smell um, zen. You know, there's, there's something yes. about aroma and fragrance that oh, really I grounds that. me opening up the window so I can feel the cool, fresh air on my skin. That's another great way of, um, of me kind mm -hmm. of, you know, sensitizing myself to, you know, being awake and, um, getting, getting stuff done. Um, and then I do like to carve an hour to read before my work day starts. So all of that happens guys, before I start work at 6am. So if I can do it, <laughs> You all can, can do it done. too. It can be done, right? It can. It absolutely essential. can. It's essential. You're right. Okay, Ariane. So we've talked about the mentor circle. We've talked about projects she went for her dreams. We've talked about entrepreneurship and how the pandemic does not need to hold you back. We've talked about some actionable tips on how you can propel past the pandemic do you like the alliteration? Because I do. I love it. <laughs> you can tell I work in marketing. That's what I do. Um, a little fun here. I want to know a bit more because, you know, I work in beauty, so I can't help but ask questions about beauty. So let's talk beauty essentials for a minute. I want to know a little bit about like, you know, what's your go-to makeup product, one skincare product and one hair product that you just gravitate towards? 
question. Yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a beauty junkie. I've been trying out new products and, you know, t playing in that world for a little bit. So I've just actually started using this uh, nourishing oil serum by um, Urban Urban Radiance, or, I'm sorry, Urban Skincare. Okay. And, um, and yeah, I can share exactly you know, the name of the, the oil that I use, but, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been really fun to just dab that on in the, in the morning time and at night and it gives you, it gives me just like a really great Amazing. glow, mm -hmm. like, like a dewy, you know, glow that I love. So I, I really enjoyed that product. Nice. Um, There's a ritual in that. That's, a, that's one of the things I love about beauty is that, um, and we'll come to, you know, what you use for hair and makeup, but there's just something in taking time for your skin, right? And mm. I think pre-pandemic, even for me, I didn't do, I mean, I had my rituals. I wasn't as religious as I am with it now than I was pre-pandemic because who has the time, right? But now just adding a few drops of my favorite facial oil to my, my night cream is just like five minutes of bliss before I go to bed. I love it. I love it. And I love to, at the end of the day, because even though we're working from home, I still try to like make up my face and I still try to feel, you know, presentable. You know, I don't go crazy, but yep. I do put a little bit of, of makeup on. But at the end of the night, what I do is I dab a little bit of jojoba oil okay. on a cotton swab and I just take, I just take it all throughout my, my face, my cheeks, my forehead, and it just gets away all of the, the makeup, you I know, love and it. my beautiful uh, glow after. That's why your skin always makeup. looks so gorgeous. Oh my God. I'm trying. It I'm does. Trying get on that level. <laughs> I know. I know it. Okay. So that was skincare. What about, um, your fave makeup product? What's your go-to? Yeah. So I, I tend to use, I go to Sephora a lot to, to get my products. So I have about maybe five things that I use. Um, okay. I have uh, one of my favorite things that I'm using now that I, I, I have now on my eyes, I don't know if you can see, but mm -hmm. it's a liquid liner um, by yeah. Rihanna's Fenty. Okay. Line. Um, so, so I do like that liquid liner there. Um, and I also use um, NYX Cosmetics. Yep. yep. Um, they, yeah, they're really great, affordable, mm -hmm. high quality um, uh, makeup. Mm -hmm. So um, I get a lot of my um, my lipstick shades from them. Nice. Um, and I really like it because they, they last a long time, too. So pre-COVID, they, they're great. Amazing. <laughs> great for like a 12-hour day. You're good. That's what we so, need. Yeah. Longevity. Yeah. <laughs> and then what was the last one? Hair. Hair, yes. It's a big one. So, thank to you, to me, I <laughs> have been playing. Don't say anything that you don't want to say. Listen, I, I don't want I'm people perfect. listening to this thinking I'm paying my guests to talk about Mazzani because no, I'm no, not no. trying to do that. Not paying me to say this, but I have been using Mazzani um, shampoo, especially the moisture rich shampoo. I've been using it for the last couple of months and I do see a difference in it. My mm. hair has been, especially in the summertime, it just needs a lot of moisture. Um, so I find that this this shampoo has been really helpful in helping me to retain the moisture. Yes. Um, I've also used oh um, 
oh, I'm trying to remember. I found this new protein builder um, that I've been using with my hair as well. Olaplex? Uh, oh, and Olaplex. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I got it from Sephora. I've used it only the last few times, and I really like how my hair feels, but um, I want to give it a few more tries okay. to really, you know, be see the difference there but um but yeah I'm experimenting with different products and see how my my hair reacts to it because it's it's all self-care this is not something that I used to do pre-covid you know, know so right Sundays are hair day it's, yes it's an event yes <laughs> oh gosh wash day is a whole that's a whole yeah. like a pre-planned situation you've got to mark it down in your calendar it isn't one of those things you just kind of go off the cuff I'm gonna wash my hair today no that that's been planned for a week or so all right, Ariane. So what's what's next for you? Any upcoming projects that you want to share? Anything that you want us to be aware of? Your your moment to to plug away here. Yeah, well, you know, um, we're really working hard on the Mentor Circle Scholarship Fund. So all hands on deck with that. Um, we have plans to raise $12,000 um, to offer five scholarships to um, aspiring and promising entrepreneurs. So we're really excited about that. Um, so yeah, so our attention and focus has is, is been around that and supporting the campaign and getting the word out and getting people behind this, this mission. So um, honestly, that's, that's taken up a lot of my attention and it's a place that um, I really enjoy being in right now. So yeah. Really about that. Anything we can do or I can do to support. I keep talking, I keep saying we, like the Texture Lounge is like this team of people. It's me. It's me. Anything that I could do to help um, support Ariane, please let me know um, genuinely, you know, off the record. Um, I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, I think of it as something that I wish that I had access to when I was coming up. You know, I know I've made mistakes in my career and I could have avoided that. I could have avoided those if I had a mentor. Um, I think after having this conversation with you, I'm actually going to seek out a mentor. There is someone I have in mind. She does not know. And I don't even think she will. I don't know if she'll say yes, because she's super busy and, you know, relatively high profile. So we'll see. I'm going to put it out there. But it's the lightning round, okay? So I'm going to ask you some questions. Super, super chill, super easy. Um, go with your gut. You know all about instincts, so just go with your gut here. All right, you ready? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and by the way, guys, I, I'm seeing Ariane right now. So this is this is video that we're doing. I mean, obviously, for you guys, you're listening in. It's just audio, but she is she's prepping herself as though she's about to lift some weights right now. It's she's ready. Ready. Okay. East or west coast. Yeah. <laughs> real book or kindle real book for sure introvert or are you an introvert or extrovert introvert with extroverted tendencies good answer <laughs> uh candlelight or natural light natural natural okay red lip or nude lip Red. <laughs> if you guys don't know about Red Lip Friday, you need Red to pull Friday. up that hashtag. <laughs> All right, blowout or wash and go? I haven't yet mastered the wash and go, so I'm say blowout. Blowout. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wash and go is a yeah. It requires some work. Once you get it, though, it's it's pretty. It's it's yeah. yeah. It, you'll get it. Take some time. <laughs> take some work. Take some practice for sure. 
Stay home or lift the ban? Lift the ban. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, COVID. Stay home. Ah. Quarantine. Lift the ban. <laughs> oh, lift the ban. That's ridiculous. Oh, oh God. I kind of like it at home. I know. I know. I'm I'm with you on that one, although I'm starting to get the itch. I'm an introvert. Like this is Yes. This is our time. Yes. I'm with you on that one. True true two introverts on this uh podcast right now. So by the beach or by the pool? Okay. Wine or cocktail? Cocktail. Team Alicia Keys or John Legend? I know this is hard. I'm so horrible for doing this. Your listeners can't see this, but I'm going to go with Alicia. She's holding up the more, is it called More Myself? More Myself book by Alicia Keys. Yeah, I've heard that it's a good one. And lastly, talk about it or keep it quiet? Talk about it. Ariane, you've been incredible. Um, I feel like we could have kept on going. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing you. Oh my God, this was amazing. I love, love, love our conversation. Yeah, me Thanks too. For, having me. for your thoughtful questions. It was so fun. Not at all. And so how can my listeners like follow up with you? Please visit us at shewentforherdreams.com and support the Mentor Circle and the Mentor Circle Scholarship. We need more access to women, Black women leaders, resources and supporting of our culture and of our community. So please check us out there. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Ariane. You've been awesome. This was so much fun.